go with me to the book of Jonah tonight, if you would. And while you're turning there, uh, I want to run something. I was walking up the stairs tonight, and uh, I had an interesting conversation with a, a gentleman the other day in the store. We were just talking about church, and he, a little bit, a little bit older gentleman, uh, and we were just talking in general about some things and church and this and that. And anyway, I was walking up the stairs just a, a few minutes ago, and this, I mean, popped in my head randomly. Um, but, you know, many times we, we host yearly, we've done either a VBS week or we've done a, a VBS day. Um, and I think this has been done. I think that's why it popped in my head. But we've never done this, but I think it would be a fun thing to do. Uh, and I think that it would be a great outreach opportunity as well uh, within our community because there's not a lot. You think about two of the major groups that are neglected uh, when it comes to a community or specifically one of the, 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 the most neglected groups within churches. And most of those are going to fall into the college age because as they graduate out of high school, there are a lot of churches. We're finding this to be true as we have started our generation-to-generation generation youth conferences and our uh, young adult conferences. There's a lot of churches that really just don't have something for young adults in their church. They might just go straight from the teen program into an adult program, and there's really not a, a bridge there for them or a program. The other group is also uh, what we would call the, the senior saint age. We call it here the wisdom age. And as you think about that, that, that is two really of the most neglected uh, sometimes in certain things. But I, I think that one of the, the great things that uh, we could do, and I think this would be great and I think it would be fun, is to have a VBS or a uh, something along those lines for our senior saints. I mean, what do you all think about that? Get some feedback. You know, 60 and up, a VBS day. Have you ever seen anything like that? Yeah, I've seen a couple of churches that put on a VBS day for the wisdom age, the senior saint age. And uh, basically, it is an entire day where there's preaching, there's activities, there's, I mean, it's literally like a, a, a conference for a day. And, uh, and so I think that that would be something, you know, I, I was in a nursing home recently, and I stopped in for just something around, our, around the corner at our house. And uh, it is, is really what they do a lot throughout the day. There's, there's different uh, crafts and different things that they have going on constantly. And uh, the more that I get around to talking to uh, people that are plugged in churches, there's either not conferences, there's nothing necessarily sometimes for them. Uh, and I think that, that would be something that would be wonderful to get kind of started is having something provided because we've started a generation and generation youth conference, young adult conference. And I think it'd be awesome to start a generation and generation senior senior saints conference where you have 60, 60 and older, 65 and older. And it's geared towards that season of life because you're thinking if we really want to reach all generations, uh, we're looking at forward to starting a men's conference and a ladies conference at some point in time. Uh, and so go a step further. Uh, get a little bit, a little, little, little more serious in these things. We're looking uh, to do a marriage conference at some point in time. And, and we really, we've said this before, but if we serve a God that is a God of specifics, then we need to get specific about things. And, uh, and so that is just something I was walking up the stairs. I said, you know, that would be, that'd be a, a fun time and uh, have a good time. I, I've got a couple of churches that I know have done that. I might reach out to them and just kind of see how they have geared that because there really is not a lot uh, for... Um, 
I guess you would say those who are just retired, you know, and, and don't have much at all going on. And, and when we talk retired, I'm not talking, you know, because some of you might retire at the age of 40 or whatever the case may be. I'm talking, you know, retired, 60s and up, 70, you know, things like that. And so you pray about it. Uh, we'll, we'll put some logistics together and see if it's something we can work out. But I believe it would be something that would be a benefit and a blessing. And, uh, you know, many of our wisdom class is serving, getting plugged into our generation conferences, it do it. It encourage you probably to see some of these young adults serving you and being a blessing to you, and uh, those of you who are in that wisdom class and things like that. So, you pray with me about it, okay? We'll see what the Lord has for it. Jonah, if you would, Jonah. We're going to look at the book of Jonah next couple of weeks, uh, really the next couple of months on Wednesdays. And many of you know when it comes to the summertime with vacations, with teen camp, junior camp, uh, all of the VB, everything that we have going on. Everything's just completely different. So many of you are going to be traveling. We'll be traveling. Uh, I know that we'll be gone uh, during the week, I believe, about six of the weeks of this summer, whether we are uh, going on our family vacation or camps and certain things like that. So we, we definitely know it's, it's going to be a little bit of a different summer as it always is. But we're going to be starting a, a series dealing with the mind. Um, because it is something as you go and you really dig a little deeper as to why we're losing the battle in the Christian life, oftentimes it is a a struggle within the mind. Uh, There is studies that have been done. There are uh, statistics. There are documentation. There's so much going on that that people are investing in right this very moment to study uh, concerning why it is such a struggle on a daily basis. You know, if you were to, to go and you were to pull some documents, or, or not documents, but uh, statistics out of some of the articles and, and all of these surveys and everything, we're living in what many consider to be the most depressing times when it comes to people in the daily life as they wake up and immediately they're just, they're just depressed. Uh, they're struggling. Uh, they're going through and they're losing the battle. And oftentimes when they're losing the battle, all of a sudden they start to make poor choices. Have you ever made a statement? Maybe you grew up with somebody. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was a, a friend, someone that you were close to. But you've ever made that statement, the individual that I knew, that's not them. They've changed and certain things have happened. And sometimes you begin to go back and you begin to think about where was the battle lost? Well, let's look at the life of Jonah for a little while tonight. Notice with me, if you would, as we lay a foundation in the life of Jonah, you'll find that that Jonah's battle was a battle of the mind continuously. As you go and you look at his life, you begin to think about Jonah and one of the greatest opportunities that was presented. A couple of weeks ago, we were studying the the life of Jonah for just a little while, in the book of Jonah specifically, as we were in our evening school of the Bible, and, and the Lord really just pulled me back into this book of the Bible for just a little while, because as you go and you walk through this book, uh, we understand it's just a few chapters, not much. There's only four chapters. Not, not, it's not like it's 50 chapters or anything like that. But there is so much for the Christian to see in the life of Jonah. And as you begin to start out this book of the Bible, notice something that is very interesting because many times in our lives, we like the last word, don't we? We like if you're in a discussion with someone, you want to be the last one heard. You want to leave that conversation, getting in the last word, making sure that you got your point across. Well, in the book of Jonah, you find that Jonah was an individual who was running from the Lord. The Bible tells us, as we studied this a couple of weeks ago in evening school of the Bible, and we remind ourselves, he was not running from a place, he was running from a person. And the Bible reveals that as you come to this portion of Scripture, notice what the Bible says in verse number 1, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. 
But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. Notice it doesn't say he was fleeing from a place. It goes on and says that he was trying to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And so many times, if we're not careful, we go and we begin to read this book of the Bible. We say, oh, he just didn't want to go to Nineveh, blah, blah, blah. No, he didn't. He was running from the Lord. He didn't want to do the Lord's will. And it was a mind battle that he had lost. Why? Because as he began to think on the will of God and what the Lord's will was, he began to allow fear to creep in. He allowed certain things to creep into his mind, and he began to make the decision to flee. And we find this to be a battle within the Christian life. And many of us are miserable if you go back in certain seasons of your life, or maybe you're in a season of your life right this very moment, and you are running from the Lord, and you're miserable for, because of it. You begin to, to think, Lord, I cannot do this, or I, I'm unable to do this, or whatever the case may be, and the Lord is dealing with you and trying to bring you along in all of these things. But you're running from the Lord. And there are times in our lives whenever we struggle with this and this battle of the mind as you walk through this book of the Bible, one of the interesting things to know is that as we go back to that one common thought that we were talking about of having the last word, Jonah not only doesn't get the first words, but as you go all the way to the very last verse of this book of the Bible, Jonah doesn't get the last words either. In verse number one of chapter one, the Bible says, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, so the Lord speaks. Notice what the Bible says in chapter number 4, verse number 11. He goes on. Well, let's back up to verse number 10. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I, not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and all so much. That's the last words. So not only does Jonah lose a battle of the mind, but he doesn't even get to interject the last words. No, the Lord just ends it right there. Last night, as we were walking through some of the Old Testament books in the Word of God, we began to d d d discuss, if you would, some of the things that begin to uh, bring out light concerning people calling out sin and calling people out concerning the religious leaders in the Word of God and certain people that were not doing things that they should not be doing. As you begin to think about that, you begin to think about the, the Lord working our lives. And sometimes as you go, walk through the book of Jonah, you'll see that Jonah was running from the Lord. And the Lord is going to get his attention in multiple ways. And I've heard messages preached on this book of the Bible. And sometimes you hear a message, what is, is, is God going to have to send a whale in your life? Whatever the case might be. And certain things take place. But as you go and you walk through this book of the Bible and as we lay a foundation, there are so many things that we begin to see concerning this book of the Bible. You see, in verse number one, the Bible says, now the word of the Lord, that statement alone is used seven times in Jonah. And so you ask the question here, who is the master that we are being written? What is God Almighty? We understand that. As you walk through scripture, you'll find many times where the Lord is dealing with this one common theme of him being Lord of our lives. And so as you think about this, the word of the Lord, we ask ourselves this question, is the Lord Lord of your life tonight? Are you, are you in a season where you're just going through the motions and you, you think you have it all figured out? This past week, I had probably three or four, as I looked back on the week, Actually, last week completely, from Monday to about Saturday, uh, three or four conversations that um, as you stop sometimes and really think on the things that you're talking about with somebody. 
sometimes if we're not careful, we just have conversations. We can't, have, we can't even recall what we were talking about or the conversations or the meaning of what the conversation was, or the direction of it, what the Lord was trying to do. In three or four conversations last week that I had that I looked back over the last couple of days and said, you know what, those were some extremely meaningful conversations. Not conversations that were just filling a, a time slot, not just conversations uh, that were, were just being had just to kind of say we, we had a conversation, but there were questions asked. Uh, there were statements that were made, and I love whenever people are just very simply open and honest and really begin to ask those hard questions. I love that. Because I love when a Christian is hungry to hear a word from the Lord and, and discern what the Lord is trying to do in their lives, and they're seeking after these things. I love those things that begins to be revealed in a person's conversation and in their life as the Lord is dealing with them. We have to ask ourselves the question, though. Is the Lord Lord of your life? Because if the Lord is Lord of your life, you'll want to know him more and more. I mean, I, the, the, the one who is guiding me and directing me, I want to know. If you were to go and you were to right this very moment go and visit a city and you jump on a bus that's going to be giving you a tour, you want to kind of know where you're going and you want to know, hey, is this a safe place? Is this place, you know, is this driver safe? You want to have a little bit of information. You want to know who is guiding you. And we have an opportunity to know the Lord of Lords in such an intimate way. And sometimes we don't, we begin to neglect him and he is not Lord of our lives because we have so many Lords. And so as you come to the book of Jonah, notice, if you would, for just a few moments as we lay this foundation, because there are some key things that we begin to think about. Now, obviously, the, the two individuals that we're going to focus on tonight is going to be God Almighty and Jonah himself. There, there's a lot that begins to take place in this book of the Bible concerning them. You see, in, in this book of the Bible, you'll see that it took two times the Lord commanding Jonah to do something before it was done. Just yesterday, I was having a conversation, and uh, Jackson is, is getting to that stage where he thinks he knows more than his parents sometimes. And uh, yeah, those of you that said, mm, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, we've had some conversations, and, and there have been some times whenever I've had to get on to him, and I told him, stop doing this or stop doing that. And yesterday, he was getting in trouble for a few minutes, and, and we were having a conversation. I, I, I just kind of said, son, I, don't, I shouldn't have to tell you this multiple times for you to understand. Look, this is not allowed. And I wonder how many times the Lord has had to do that to us. You know, I'm always convicted. Whenever I'm dealing with my children, I'm convicted myself because it's as though as I'm getting on to my children, the Lord's saying, hey, don't think you're too good yourself. You know? And the Lord uses our children sometimes to remind us, hey, just as much as you're getting on to your child, sometimes I have to get on to you because you do the same silly stuff. And as you begin to think about this right here in this portion of Scripture, as you think about chapter number 2, I mean chapter number 1, verse number 2, Arise, go to Nineveh. And then also in chapter number 3, verse number 2, again, Arise, go unto Nineveh. I mean, two times a command is having to be given here. And as you begin to think about this, the first command is given, and immediately Jonah hears what is taking place, and hears what the command is, and he loses the battle of the mind, and he flees. Now, we're going to look over the next three months during the summer at different individuals and different passages of Scripture that begin to deal with the mind and how many times we lose the battle and why we are losing the battle. 
Some of you might have walked into the house of God tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor, I am discouraged or I am depressed or I am defeated. I'm in a hard place. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing the battle to my mind every single day. All I think about are the negative things and the problems. I never think on the good things and the blessings of God and all the, 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 the great things the Lord is doing in my life. I'm only thinking on all of the negative things. And maybe you're, you're praying about doing certain things and you keep making the wrong decision because you're losing a battle of your mind because you can't fathom that a loving God would begin to desire to work in your life or use you because you think you've done too many things that the Lord says, I can't use you right now. And so we begin to lose the battle of the mind. As you go to Romans, you'll find in chapter number 12, verse number 2, and it begins to talk about that conforming of the mind. Because we, we lose that battle right there. And so Jonah here reveals to us, as you begin to think about this statement, it's a very clear statement. Arise, go to Nineveh, and he makes his choice. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. You know, some of the most important words in all of Scripture are words like and, if, but, behold, certain things that the Lord begins to place emphasis. And notice that here. He says in verse number two, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And the very next word is this, but. You see, if it was going to be in a positive manner, the Bible would have said, and. And Jonah. It doesn't say that. It says, but Jonah. And Jonah rose up and did the will of God. No, it says that he began to flee from the presence of the Lord. And so you see some things concerning the life of Jonah, and specifically the Lord dealing with his life. The Lord began to do some things and had to create a violent storm. The Bible tells us in verse number 4 of chapter 1. He created a great fish in chapter number seven, uh, verse number 17 of chapter number 1. He commanded that fish. He dealt with that fish. He cautioned Nineveh with judgment in chapter number 3, verse number 10. So there are so many things as you walk through Scripture, you begin to see the Lord and Jonah over and over, the Lord dealing with Jonah. Four chapters here, and it's a fast-paced uh, passage of Scripture, if you would. It doesn't slow down. I mean, from the very beginning, the Word says, now the Word of the Lord came unto Jonah, and at that point, it's just you just keep going, 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 going. There's no slowing down. But Jonah continues to lose the battle. Notice for just a moment, go with me to chapter number 3 for just a minute. Verse number one, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach it unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went. There it is, another word, so. Could have been and, could have been so. We see it here, so Jonah. In the very beginning, as you go and you compare and contrast Scripture, in verse number two, the Bible tells us in chapter number one, Arise, go unto Nineveh, and the very next words in verse number three is, But Jonah. In verse number uh, 2 of chapter number 3, the Bible says, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city. In verse number 3, the Bible says, So Jonah. So you see here a difference in the actions and the way that he is thinking. He's already understood. He's come to the conclusion, I have lost this battle. I'm tired of running from the Lord. I'm going to do what the Lord has told me. So verse number 5 of chapter number 3. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on a, a sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. So you think, okay, he's, he's kind of regaining some of his, his understanding. He, he's doing what he's supposed to. He, maybe he's winning this battle of the mind. And that's what we had hoped. But jump to chapter number four. We're going we're gonna to back all the way up and summarize all of this tonight here in a few moments. But I want you to really get this. Verse number one, chapter number four, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. 
And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? So here, here, here we go. He's already losing a battle of mind because he thinks he knows a lot. There are times in our own lives when we think we know more than the Lord whenever we hit certain circumstances in our lives. We think, oh, I've been through this. This is a piece of cake. The Lord says, no, not every trial that looks the same is the same. And not all circumstances that you think you've gone through that look familiar are the same. Still rely upon me. Notice in verse number two that it continues on. Therefore, I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God. And merciful and slow to anger of great kindness and repentest thee of evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. Man, talk about losing a battle of the mind. Verse number three, he goes on and says, Take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. We're living in a world today where there are many people that this is their wish right here. They wake up. They're struggling. The daily grind and, and the struggle of their circumstances and the problems that are before them or they're comparing their lives to another life and they're saying, why does that person get this and I get this? And you begin to ask that question. I mean, you think back just a few weeks ago as Brother Tyler Gillett was here and he began to share that, that powerful testimony of that young lady who he went to visit, the young girl who she lost her grandfather who was the breadwinner for the family and she's looking at Brother Gillett in the face and beginning to ask him some of those hard questions and he looked looks at her and he says, I don't know the answer to that. And then he began to share the testimony of what he said to that young lady. But if you go back and you listen to that testimony, that young girl was in a very dark place. And there are people that we come in contact with every single day that they're in that dark place. They're struggling and they're going through things. And they wake up one morning and they say, I just want my life to end. Jonah was here. In verse number three, he says these words, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Dost thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city there and made him a booth and sat it under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm. When the morning rose the next day, it smote the gourd that it withered. It came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished himself to die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. God said to Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. As we begin to think about this battle of the mind and the struggle, there are many people that you come in contact with if you really pay attention to the conversations that people sometimes are trying to have with you. Every single morning, I take the, the, the same routine. I wake up. I go into Jackson's room. I say, Jackson, it's time to get up. I flip on his light, pull the covers off of him, tell him to get up and get dressed. It's time to go to school. And uh, then I go and I get myself ready and I go and I make his lunch and I get his papers ready for his teacher, sign everything, make sure that everything is good to go. We jump into the Jeep and we ride to school and uh, I drop him off. And then, uh, But in the midst of all of that, every single day we stop off at a gas station. 
And we stop off at the same gas station, and there's usually a couple of different people that are working, and there's a young lady in this, this gas station that the very first couple of times that we had conversations, it was very, very short. You could see, though, that she was hurting as you looked on her face. And you know what that look looks like. And I remember walking into the gas station the first couple of times, and you could just see she was struggling behind the counter, and she was very discouraged and all that. And, and one morning, as I was about to, to walk out, I had a, an energy drink in my hand and was about to, to purchase it. And she looked at me, and she says, is that any good? And I said, oh, it's my favorite. It's a, a C4 Blue uh, Bombsicle or whatever it's called, whatever that, that one is called. Frozen, frozen bomb, frozen Bombsicle. And I said, oh, it's, 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 it's not good for you, but it's good. I said, it's not healthy. It's probably, gonna, you know, it's probably doing damage to my life, but, you know, it's, 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 it tastes wonderful. And uh, a simple conversation just like that. She asked me if it was, I said, you've got to try it. And she said, I just might. And so we, we stood there for about two minutes, and, and she, you know, was asking, you know, some questions. And we just kind of keeping it short. Well, the very next day, it's uh, – was a Wednesday, and I walked into the gas station. That was after the service that night. Stopped in the gas station. And she was working. She never works nights. Usually, she works on in the morning. And she, I walked in. She says, "Well, what are you all dressed up so for? Uh, so nice for?" I said, "Well, I'm a pastor, and we just got out of church. Uh, you know, I said I usually don't stop here, but we had to get something real quick, and we're, we're just stopping in." She said, "Huh?" She said, "Well, could I ask you to do me a favor?" I said, "Absolutely. What do you need?" She said, "Would you pray for me?" I said, "Yeah, we'll pray for you." And all of a sudden, we began to talk for a few moments, and I began to realize that the same thing that I had been reading into by the expressions on that young lady's face every single time that I saw her in the morning, and then by the way that she was carrying herself, that she was dealing with something. And it was on a Wednesday evening that she very simply just asked me, would you pray for me? I said, absolutely, we'll pray for you. And you begin to, to think about many of those conversations. And so every single morning as I stop in, there's times whenever she's working and we strike up a conversation and there is a, 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 a connection there based on some of the conversations that started with an energy drink that then led into church and prayer. And now we continuously have these conversations and I'll ask her, hey, how are you doing? And sometimes you get a response like this, I'm, I'm, I'm making it. And so I've encouraged her to come to church, and we've talked a little bit about church, and there are things that begin to take place that you just really never know, and it's just sometimes by those conversations. Those conversations that start out, or you, you know someone, and you just speak a kind word, and through that conversation, all of a sudden, you begin to realize this person is hurting, but you never really know how much they're hurting. There are some people that you will strike up a conversation, and they'll just spill everything to you. There's sometimes that somebody is hurting and you can see it on their face and they're not saying much, but you know that there's something there. As you go and you study statistics and you begin to really realize just how many people are wanting to commit suicide daily. Sad reality of it. You know, as I, I begin to think about that situation, there was a young boy that I grew up with. I played basketball with him. He was a lot younger than me, but played basketball with him in our neighborhood whenever I was growing up. He comes from a great family. They're religious people. They're not necessarily spiritual. Great people. And we would go, and I would be playing basketball against the dad, and this young boy would come, and he'd play basketball, and he was probably, I would say, probably six years younger than me. Uh, but as I was in 
the seventh grade, this young boy was looking up to me as I was looking up to 12th graders and, and certain individuals that were playing sports and all that. And I remember jumping on social media a couple of years ago when this young man had been going to a Christian school. They had been going to church. He had a great family. The family was very close-knit family, but there were things that were going on inside of this young man's uh, heart and mind that he was losing a battle every single day. Until finally it got so bad where this young man took his own life. And I remember looking at that post and seeing that, and my, my heart just hurt the moment I saw that. And there are many days where this family will post about that young man and that he is no longer here, and they will just very simply say, I wish that I could still talk to you one time. There are people that we come in contact with on a daily basis that are losing a battle to the mud. Maybe you're here tonight and you're losing that battle. You're struggling with some things. Maybe you think that you are too far gone. Maybe you think it's no longer worth it or whatever the case might be. Can I share with you that there is still a God in heaven that loves you? There are still a people here at Gateway Baptist Church that will invest in you and that will encourage you and that will bring you along and that will help you and that will encourage you and love on you. There is hope if you look to the Lord and stop looking to your circumstances. If you look to the Lord and stop thinking that you're no longer worthy to be used. If you start looking to the Lord and realize that, yes, there is a dark and dying world out there. And if you're looking to the world for hope, you're never going to find it. But in the Lord, you will. You say, well, what do you see in this passage of Scripture? I see a man by the name of Jonah where a word was given to him to go and to proclaim the gospel to a people who deserve to hear the gospel. But in Jonah's mind, they did not. You talk about losing a battle. He lost a battle that was personal. Then all of a sudden, he started to take an old, his own mind battle that he was losing and started to apply it that would affect other people's lives. How many times in our own lives do we look at people and we come in contact with people and we think about the sins that they commit? We think about those who have murdered. We think about those who have raped. We think about those who have committed certain things. And we say, that person doesn't deserve the gospel. Hold up now. Nowhere in Scripture do you find that. They deserve to hear the gospel. Jonah lost a battle of the mind. As he goes and you begin to study this book of the Bible, you see some things that begin to take place. And notice where we are losing our battles. Notice with me, number one. In verse number one of chapter number one, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come, upon me, uh, come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. In this book of the Bible, you find, number one, you see Jonah's displeasure and you see God's displeasure. And notice with me in verse number one, in verse number two, the Bible tells us that in verse number two it says, For their wickedness has come up before me. You see God's displeasure here. As you go and you continue walking on down into this portion of Scripture, notice what the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter number 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. So in one side, you see that God is saying, hey, I'm displeased with the wickedness that we are seeing. And then on chapter number 4, you continue walking down, and he goes on in verse number 2 of chapter number 4, and he says, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. The first thing we see in this book of the Bible, 
You see Jonah's displeasure, and you see God's displeasure. You see, as you walk and you walk through Scripture, there are many things that the Lord will reveal to us that he is displeased with. But Jonah was displeased with something that did not line up with anything God would have been displeased with. And there are many times within our own lives where we begin to get displeased with certain things, and all of a sudden we begin to feed into our mind the negative thoughts and the things of this world, and we begin to question the faithfulness of God. I wonder tonight if you walked into the house of the Lord and you are displeased with something that God is doing in your life, maybe it is the circumstances that you have encountered, and you begin to question the faithfulness of God. Why, Lord? Why would you allow this to happen? Maybe you've walked in the house of the Lord tonight and you're struggling with some things and you're just pleased with, with the problems that you have encountered. Or maybe you've been comparing your life with another individual's life and you're saying, Lord, my life is so much more in line with certain things. Why does someone so wicked get so many blessings and why am I over here struggling? You say, well, what are you talking about? I have been there before. One of the very first questions after Miss Kelly had the, the, the miscarriage, the very first miscarriage, and even the second and third, that we begin to ask this question. Why are there so many people that are getting pregnant out of wedlock and living in sin and giving their babies up and trying to kill their babies, and they're getting pregnant and having babies? Why is it a struggle? We begin to ask that hard question. And in those, that season, when we were asking that question, we began to remind ourselves just because those are circumstances that we are not pleased with does not mean that God is blessing the wicked and we're all over here suffering. Because guess what? The devil wants us to think that way. And all of a sudden, we are losing a battle of the mind in that season right there. There are husbands and wives who will begin to compare their, their, their other spouses and they'll look at marriage and say, why is my marriage so bad and that marriage is so good? And why is that husband so good to his wife, but my husband is not good to me? Why is that wife so good to her husband? And why is my wife not good to me? And we begin to compare, we feed in to these negative things and lose a battle of the mind. And all of a sudden we quit on things. And we begin to quit on our families and we begin to, to quit in our workplaces and all these many things. Why? Because we are losing a battle of the mind because we're displeased. Jonah here, as you walk through this book of the Bible, notice in verse number two of chapter number four what he goes on to say. Because these are things that he ought to have been praising the Lord for. But whenever you're not in the right frame of mind and your mind is not geared towards yielding to the Lord, these are the things that feed into your mind. Notice what he says in verse number two. Therefore, I fled into Tarshish, right in the middle. He's just seen the greatest revival ever take place. The Bible tells us in verse 1 that he was displeased. He's very angry. Right in the middle, he says, For I knew that thou art a gracious God. Why is he not praising the Lord here? And merciful. And slow to anger. And of a great kindness. And repentest thee of the evil. Tonight, if Brother Zach was living in sin, and the Lord began to impress upon my heart, as we see in chapter 1, verse number 2, that their wickedness was come up before the Lord, and it was wickedness. You go and study them, and you'll find it was wickedness. But the Lord began to impress upon my heart to have a conversation with Brother Zach, but I didn't want to because I thought that Zach deserved more punishment. But the Lord begins to really get, get a hold of me, and finally I have a conversation with Brother Zach, and Brother Zach gets things right with the Lord. 
instead of thanking the Lord and praising the Lord and rejoicing that, man, Lord, thank you for having grace upon his life and mercy and, and dealing with him. And, Lord, I'm so grateful that he has gotten things restored and right with you. Imagine for just a few moments. But Zach shares and testifies of the grace of God in his life and mercy of God in his life and how God used me to have a conversation to get his attention. At the end of the service, you come up to me. And you begin to have a conversation. And you begin to just, you just started with this. Thank the Lord for Brother Zach's testimony. Man, what a work God did in his life. And I look at you and I say, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. I think the Lord really, I don't think he deserved what the Lord gave him. I think that, you know, I, I talked to him, but that's because I have an obligation to do so, and but he didn't deserve it. You, 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 you take a step back and you say, you're just messing with me. You don't mean that. As you walk into chapter number four, you read this portion of Scripture, you're almost taken back. Because Jonah's response concerning his displeasure was, Lord, I knew that you were a gracious God. I knew that you were merciful. I knew that you were slow of anger. I knew that you were great kindness and repentance thee of evil. I knew all of these things. Therefore now, O Lord, take I beseech thee my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. It was displeasure. See, many of us, if we're not careful, we look at all of our circumstances, we look at our problems, we look and we begin to compare. We, we go down a road where we begin to feed into our mind as though we have it the worst of the worst and that there's nothing we can do that's going to make us happy. And all of a sudden, we begin to fall into the trap and we fall into a rut and we cannot get ourselves out of it because we've lost the battle of the mind. Number two, we see this tonight. We'll be quick about it. Notice with me in verse number two, the Bible says this. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. As you come to this portion of Scripture, the same statement is made in chapter number three. Verse number two, arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach it under the preaching that I bid thee. He goes, the Bible tells us. But in verse number two of chapter number four, once again, not only do we see his displeasure, but we begin to see his demeanor concerning all this. You ever had a conversation with someone who was losing a battle of the mind? And you could see it written all over the face. As you walked away from that conversation, you might have looked at your spouse, you might have looked at your friend, and you said, they're going through something. Because the way they carry themselves. The struggle being revealed, because what is in, taking place in the heart and what is taking place in the mind always begins to be revealed through the way that we go about our lives the way that we carry ourselves. You ever been looking at someone or talking with someone or around someone, you say, that person is not their normal self right now. Chance they're losing a battle of the mind. They're going through something. They need your help. A couple of years ago, we had Brother Jody Jenkins in. Brother Jody has shared his testimony, but right before he was about to go and preach some of the, the largest meetings in, in America and some of the, 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 the ways in which the Lord was working in his life, his church's life, and he had just been with us for a youth meeting. And he'll tell you he lost a battle of the mind. He fell into one of the darkest seasons of his life and entered into a depressing season. He could not get himself out of that season. He ended up having to resign from his church. 
he ended up going and he began to struggle for what was almost a year to a year and a half to two years where he was just in a dark place and his wife was the one the Lord began to use as she began to put scripture all throughout the house and he'd walk through and he'd see that scripture but he was still in a dark place and they just recently had put out a book concerning all of the many details and one of the desires the Lord has put in his heart is to go and to share with individuals that there is hope and his name is Jesus. Because there are so many preachers and there are so many Christians who are losing a battle of the night. Think for just a moment. He, he, he'll, he'll, he shared it with us. He was about to preach in some of these great meetings. He had just been with us. The Lord was blessing his church. And it was all of a sudden at that point, he entered into a pulpit. He said it was as though in that time he was so scared, he remembers the devil attacking him and his life and his mind and everything that he was facing, and he kept hearing those th- that running through his head, if you get into the pulpit, I'm going to kill you. If you get into the pulpit, and he began to enter into a deep, deep depression. He began to log all the many things that took place. His wife began to write in this book. His children began to write in his book. Imagine having a book that you and your family write and you read the words of your children asking, what is wrong with daddy? And how hard that must be. But it's only by the grace of God that he's back in the pulpit preaching and he's being used of the Lord to reach people who are struggling with this battle. Number three, as we think about the battle of the mind, his displeasure and God's displeasure, they didn't line up. His demeanor, as you think about this statement in verse number 3 of chapter number 4, I beseech thee my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. That is where you see his desire. You see, prayer is seen all throughout this book. As you begin to think about Jonah in verse number 3 here, crying out to the Lord, I beseech thee my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Take, I beseech thee, my life. In chapter 1, you see the mariners praying. As a matter of fact, the whole chapter (laughs) is a chapter of prayer. You begin to think about Nineveh praying and crying out to God. You begin to think about Jonah offering prayers of complaint. As you go and you think about Jonah, you'll find, as you walk through this book of the Bible, you'll find that this man was discouraged, defeated, distorted. Uh, He was depressed. He, He was losing a battle of the mind came to a place where he says these words. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. He goes on later on in this exact same portion of Scripture in verse number 8 at the very end and says, it is better for me to die than to live. I don't know where you are, but I do know this tonight, that every single day you have an opportunity to shed some light into somebody's life by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you think about the difference that the Lord has made in your life, I think about some of the conversations that I've recently had with some people. I think about that gas station attendant and her asking for prayer. I begin to think about some of those conversations and some of the struggles that people are going through right this very moment, and you might be there. Can I share with you, one of the things that you're going to struggle with most is acknowledging. And your pride is going to say, no, I'm not going to share it at all. Lord, I'm not going to give it to you. I'll get through this season. 
And I don't know how many people I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony where people have made that exact statement, I'll just get through it. And you hear that they didn't get through it. Maybe there's someone that you know right this very moment that is losing a battle of the mind. Can I encourage you? Allow the Lord to bring you along. Reveal these things. As we study this subject matter of the mind, can I encourage you, one of the greatest opportunities that the Lord has given us is the, the great opportunity to use our mind for His glory and for His good. Memories that are made, reflection that is had, all of those many things and the choices that we make and some of the problems we even encounter and some of the circumstances we encounter, the devil wants us to think that God is no longer faithful. As you think about the Lord in your own life, I believe every single one of us tonight would acknowledge he is faithful. Would you bow your head for just a moment tonight? With your head bowed for just a moment, I want to ask you a couple of questions. And I, I just want you to, to acknowledge these questions. I just really want to pray for I have a burden for this. How many of you tonight would raise your hand? I'm not going to call on you. I just want to pray for you. I really do. I just want to know who I'm praying for. And you say, Pastor, I'll be honest with you. Over the course of my life, at certain times, I have really struggled with a battle of the mind and feeding into these things. I've maybe been discouraged many times and defeated or depressed. And I look back on those times, and the Lord has brought me through it. But, Pastor, I, I'm in that season right this very moment. I'm losing certain days and battles to my mind. And I might not necessarily be depressed right now or defeated or discouraged, but I keep losing this battle and I need you to pray for me because I want to really give my mind to the Lord and the Lord bring me along in this one area of not losing the battle of the mind. And I just need your prayers tonight. I'm not going to call on you, but I do want to pray for you. How many of you would say that? That's you. Would you lift up your hand? I see those hands. Listen tonight, can I encourage you? The Lord desires for you to bring those things to Him. There's not a burden that we were meant to carry that is so heavy as that. The Lord desires to reveal to us His goodness and His grace, and we are going to continuously lose this battle to the mind if we keep it to ourselves and never share these things with the Lord. How many of you tonight would say, Pastor, I know someone, whether a family member, co-worker, someone I come in contact with regularly that is losing a battle of the mind, and they need your prayers, would you slip up your hand? I see those hands. Would you stand with me tonight, heads bowed and eyes closed? Could I encourage you, if you lifted up your hand, if the Lord is dealing with you, maybe you want to come and pray for that person. Maybe you want to come and give these things that you're struggling with to the Lord. Listen, I encourage you, bring it to Him. Bring it to Him. And allow Him to bring you along. Don't lose this battle of the mind. Allow the Lord to take this burden for you and bring you along concerning it. There are some praying, the Lord is dealing with you. I encourage you, find yourself there, spend some time in prayer.